right and wrong, good and bad. Are these purely subjective or do they actually exist apart from the human mind? Can atheism give a plausible foundation for objective morality or is God the only good explanation? Royce will tackle these questions in today's episode of the Minister's Minute, an installment of the Everyday Ministry podcast for ministers with shorter attention spans. You speak a jailbreak, unearthly peace, unshackled hearts, impossibly free. From old chains and devils. Hello, everyone. This is Royce Salanese, and thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Minister's Minute. These are short 10 to 15 minute episodes dedicated to answering one question related to everyday ministry. Today I'll be tackling a very big and important question which I think all of us interact with on an everyday basis, whether Christian or non-Christian. So after this episode, if you have questions pertaining to this topic, please email us at everydayministrypodcast at gmail.com or contact us on our Everyday Ministry Podcast Facebook page. Okay, I have a lot to cover in a short time, so let's get to it. The question for this week's episode is, can the human moral experience be evidence for God's existence? I'll ask again, can the human moral experience be evidence for God's existence? This is one of my favorite questions, uh, and there are so many different approaches we can take in response to it, but... I think one of the best ways to respond is by looking at the moral argument. So in a nutshell, the moral argument seeks to show that God is the best explanation for the existence of objective moral values and duties in the world. Now I'm going to lay out the full argument, but first I think it would be beneficial to define some terms. Moral values have to do with whether something is good or bad or the moral worth of something. So when we say that compassion is good and hatred is bad, we are making moral value judgments. Now moral duties have to do with whether something is right or wrong, or our moral obligations, whether we ought or ought not to do something or say something. An example, it is right to nurture a newborn infant, and it is wrong to torture a newborn infant has to do with our actions towards something. And lastly, to say that moral values and duties are objective is to say that they are good or bad, right or wrong, independently of what anybody thinks about them. A common example used is, to say that the Holocaust was objectively wrong is to say that the Holocaust was wrong even though the Nazis who carried it out thought it was right. And it would have still been wrong even if the Nazis had won World War II and succeeded in brainwashing everyone in the world to believe the Holocaust was right. So here we have an overarching truth about the Holocaust, which supersedes the subjective experience of the people involved. So now that we've defined key terms, let's lay out the moral argument using a logical formula. And so the argument goes as follows. Premise 1. If God does not exist, then objective moral values and duties do not exist. Two, objective moral values and duties do exist. And three, therefore, God exists. Now, there can be some controversy over both premise one and two, but I'm going to address premise two first since it's central to the argument. 
So why think premise two is true? Or in other words, why think that objective moral values and duties actually exist? Now, while you may hear some atheists at a popular level deny this premise, or maybe even certain people on YouTube or social media, virtually nobody in the academic worlds of philosophy and ethics actually disagrees with this premise, whether atheist or not. And here's why. I think anyone who sincerely reflects upon their moral experience would say this, just as I trust my five senses to tell me that there's a world of physical objects around me, I should also trust my moral experience when it tells me that at least some things are objectively good or evil, right or wrong. Now, of course, we can all agree that our moral experience is not 100% reliable in telling us which moral values and duties exist. But this doesn't really do damage to the argument, because our five senses aren't always reliable with regards to the physical world either. Think about it. To the naked eye, a pencil placed in a glass of water looks bent, and a highway appears to have water on it in the distance on a hot day. But it's still rational to acknowledge that there is an objective truth about the pencil, right? Either it's straight or bent, or an objective truth about the highway. It's either wet or dry, even though our senses don't always comprehend it accurately. Likewise, we're perfectly rational to believe that there does exist a realm of true and objective moral values and duties, even though our moral senses don't always apprehend them all perfectly either. Now, when people deny premise two, it's okay to put them to the test, using tough questions that really cut to the heart of our moral experience and even our humanity. So just ask them, okay, you don't think objective moral values and duties exist? So what do you think about the rape and torture of women in the sex trafficking industry? Or what about the terrorist attacks of 9-11? Or how about the sexual abuse of little boys which has taken place in the Catholic Church and their cover-up of that abuse by church leadership? Don't you think those things are really wrong regardless of the perpetrator's opinions? I would say almost every time an honest person will agree that there are at least some objective moral values and duties in the world. Okay, so now that we've established premise two, it's time for the big question surrounding premise one. Why think that God is a requirement for objective moral values and duties? I think we can answer this by reflecting on another question. Apart from God, what foundation could there possibly be? for objective moral values and duties. On atheism, human beings are just one of many byproducts of nature, which have evolved relatively recently. And science actually tells us the universe will eventually run down when all matter and energy are evenly distributed and no life will be possible. This means that the human species is doomed to extinction in a relatively short period of time. With this in mind, it becomes impossible to assign any objective value to humans or provide any basis for our moral obligations to one another because in the end, it all ends the same. Extinction, non-existence. Michael Roos, a philosopher of science from the University of Guelph in, uh, I think it was on Ontario, Canada, he writes, the position of the modern evolutionist is that humans have an awareness of morality because such an awareness is of biological worth. 
Morality is a biological adaptation, no less than our hands and feet and teeth. I appreciate when someone says, love thy neighbor as thyself. They think they're referring above and beyond themselves. Nevertheless, such reference is truly without foundation. Morality is just an aid to survival and reproduction, and any deeper meaning is illusory." End quote. Additionally, without a transcendent foundation for objective human value and moral duty, there can be no ultimate moral accountability, and therefore, no ultimate justice and no ultimate hope. These are vital aspects to human existence. Think about it. On atheism, what justice is there for the innocent child killed in the crossfire during war? Or what hope can be held for the starving family on the brink of death in a third world country? Atheism has nothing to offer in these situations. But the theist, particularly the Christian theist, can provide a basis for justice and hope because they have a foundation for ultimate moral accountability and human value. So I think we can see, without God as the foundation, there can be no objective moral values and duties. And yet, deep within each of us, we do apprehend a realm of true rights and wrongs, good and bad. Thus, it is most reasonable to conclude that our human moral existence is best explained by a transcendent moral foundation known as God. We'd like to thank you for listening to today's episode of Minister's Minute, our on-the-go podcast released every second and fourth Monday of the month in which we seek to answer a specific question related to everyday ministry. Additionally, be sure to catch our full-length episodes that release every first and third Monday of the month in which our co-hosts come together to discuss beneficial topics on doctrines and practices for the everyday minister. If you enjoyed today's episode, we encourage you to subscribe and rate the podcast through the podcast catcher of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and YouTube. Today we pray peace and grace to you through our Lord Jesus Christ and happy ministering 